I'm Steve Addison, and this is the Movements Podcast. Podcast for people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. Today we're going to Chiang Mai, Thailand, where Steve Pilato is talking to Nick and Steph, a couple who are pioneering movements of disciples and churches in northern Thailand. Welcome to uh, Nick and Steph. They are sent out from Antioch Church in Texas to reach the people of Thailand. As a family, they came to Thailand in 2007 and did a term of service in the southern part of Laos, uh, southern part of Thailand. And then in 2010, we think, you guys moved to Chiang Mai, where you've been leading a team, a missionary team, and you planted a church here in Chiang Mai. But in recent months, you've relocated up to northeast Thailand. So can you just tell us briefly, how did God get you to Thailand? and Why, why this part of the world? What was some of that story? Well, briefly, well, um, I think we always, we were planning to go to... Mm-hmm a more difficult region of the world. We never thought about coming to Thailand, actually. Um, but really, it was just God continually redirecting us. I mean, we went a lot of different places and and just ended up here. <laughs> Couldn't get away from it. <laughs> yeah, we kept coming on short-term teams, and uh, I had some long-term workers invest in me. And then in the mornings, and we went out all afternoon, and we liked the model of getting poured into and then going out. And so our lives, my life was really changed in Bangkok uh, from a team there, and then gave me a heart for the people. But then we always assumed long-term we were, our prayer was always send us where no one else wants to go. We're willing to go. So we assumed in an unreached Muslim place, we visited Afghanistan, Iraq, uh, Kashmir, uh, the militant islands of Indonesia. And then we just kept coming to... All the easy fields. All the easy fields. <laughs> well, then we just kept coming back to Thailand. And so we had a series of dreams and different confirmations through other people that it was like our hard-headedness. We needed God to be very clear to get us to have faith to, to be in Thailand and not feel like sellouts. You know, we really needed God to really speak to us. Because our, our mind, we just were so... We just assumed if we're willing to go to those places, that's what God was saying. But then just, you know, as we looked at the demographics and looked at the central tie the northeastern ties and saw wow 0.1 percent like wow we need to okay so you saw the need here yeah in we saw the need. Mm-hmm. even though it's an easier place to live physically is, is it a challenging field is it i would say it's deceptively challenging because it looks really easy from the outside what would you say i'd say if you want to learn the language and do it well it's challenging but we had a long-term person from the middle east come for a while, he just said, "Wow, it is it is deceptive. It is just a deceptive place. You think it's the land of pad thai and beaches, and it's all awesome. And then he's like, if you really get in, because the people have the low outer walls, high inner walls, like you feel like you're friends quickly. But to really get in and feel like you have a Thai friend, he's like, this is a real challenge. And since because there's a number of people here and a lot of bases, even specifically to Chiang Mai, it just seems like, okay, reach, check, go somewhere else. But as far as people that are effectively able to share the good news and uh, do, do church planning and training in Thai, that really cuts the number down tremendously. It sure does. So, yeah, awesome. So, Nick and Steph, I know you guys have four awesome kids, <laughs> age 5 to 10 now, is yes. that right? Yep, 5 yep. to 10, one yep. girl, three boys. Yeah. So, Stephanie, what, 
what are some of the things that you've done to keep your family spiritually healthy? Spiritually healthy. Wow. Um, I think we realized early, early on that it was really important for us to be spiritually healthy. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Um, just having all those disciplines in place for us. But something we've been doing recently is we've been doing house church as a family. So for a while, while we were here, we did more of a traditional type church. And it was really hard on our family because we were the ones helping to lead it. And um, uh, and so our kids got taken care of by someone else. But um, since we've been... Uh, so you did a house church format where you could be mm-hmm. integrating the kids into the service. Yeah, exactly. And they had a participation mm-hmm. together with the older adults. Yeah, so even even for us personally, you know, like going through, we were just doing, we went through, we've been, we started going through 1 Corinthians 13 talking about love, and we talked about love is patient, we just sat there and we talked about, okay, how can we be patient as a family, and what are we doing that's not patient, and it's really caused, it's really helped our family to okay. grow together. Yeah, so you have those times in the Word with mm-hmm. your children. Mm-hmm came up with ways to live that out as a family. Yeah. 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 So I'd say we, we did house church the first five years. We did a high, tried to do a hybrid model, still doing house church, but also trying to do an attractional service for the younger generation. And at that time, I think that was the hardest time where we had actual a meeting that we were helped facilitating. And then, mm-hmm. but each day we just start off, hey, what are you thankful for? Have a story or something. And then they each have Bible time. And then we talk <coughs> and our kids... Get modeled for me how to repent a lot. Has <laughs> <laughs> Daddy said that? Okay, so we, you know, so we just we're just real open. <laughs> we're real open with them, and yeah, we seem to, they seem to be doing pretty well. So. Right. so during your time here in Chiang Mai, you guys were instrumental in starting a Thai church. Is that a fair statement? However, things didn't quite go as you were hoping for, and in the end, you kind of worked your way out of that church plan. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So as you think back on it, what did you learn? from the way you went about that church plant? Wow. I think we came in tired to Chiang Mai, but thinking we were four and a half years of language and other experiences doing house churches in the South where there weren't any churches, and we thought, oh, we'll help long-term other missionaries from our organization get settled while they're doing church and language and then so we'll have some house church stuff going but also trying to do an attractional thing what new people could help with and I think we just try to do too much so too many different too many different things too many different things at one time and then with the ties we tried to we just we weren't hearing of anyone really seeing ties leading things I think we really realized we saw a lot of people partnering with local people, but then it was really, at the end of the day, the foreigners that were carrying it and holding it. And I think that's what we realized when talking to S- Steve as well. We were like evaluating our time, being like, wow, we wanted to get behind their vision. We took them to a, a, a CPM deal that some Indians were leading. We wanted a non-white face on talking about CPM, and they talked about wanting to do it. But in the end, it just seemed like they might have been more interested in just helping us than leading it and so we started in a way thinking we were getting behind their vision and we realized later they were probably just being friends with us and they liked it and they wanted to learn about church planning but not necessarily with like them leading it 
And so I think we just learned a lot more about culture. We went back to oh, language yeah. school in that, realizing we were missing some things, mm-hmm. and then uh, language and culture-wise, and then uh, we knew, like, we had just realized where we had just gotten tired of doing the high-value things for five or six years and not seeing results like we wanted to see. I think we just, lo- I lost a little hope. And so then you we were just doing the high-value activities, but, all high but you value. weren't seeing the... The new believers no. in the church or the pre-existing believers that joined the church doing those activities themselves. Mm-hmm. There was a lack of ownership in that. Yeah, they were, they were doing, we thought they were, they were doing it, but more like, like it, because we were there. So we saw, we led people to faith, who then lead, led people to faith. Someone get baptized, we turn around and baptize someone else like in the pool because they had led someone else to faith. We'd seen a couple generations of believers and we'd seen people share and so, but we hadn't, we never saw churches, like Thai churches that we helped start plant another Thai group without our involvement. And so that was frustrating and tiring. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, I think we also saw, because we, we, were, we did an attractional model, we thought, okay, we can help bring in, it'll be, it'd be some way to find people that are interested in what we're going to do. And so, but what happened was, is a lot of traditional believers heard about what we were doing. They came in. In and got involved, and so the momentum that we had started, we had with the newer believers, kind of got undermined. cut off, uh, undermined. Yeah, yeah undermined. So we started people. off with Buddhist first generation background Buddhist, like a family coming to faith. We tried to do only house church stuff. We had some people that wanted to partner that were good evangelists, and they said they wanted to do house church stuff. But then in the end, other people were hearing that we were seeing people led to faith, who were leading people to faith, and then an influx of tribal and then other Christian background people came in. And it just, they weren't getting the right DNA. And then we were trying to just defer to the Thai leadership. And then it just, we just uh, were undercutting a lot of what we were doing, but just trying to not be holding it all up together. Okay. What would you do differently now? (laughs) What would you do differently now? If you could rewind the tape. I think we'd be quicker to let some things go. I think we, we held some things together a little bit longer. I think also we, we, you know, learning culture, learning about new places. I think we didn't didn't want to give up too quickly on people because we didn't know, okay, how much is it just our lack of language? How much is it we need to train them more? You know, like, you know, just knowing when to let go. It's just been a kind of trial and error thing for us. I think we would have let it go a lot faster with the experience we have now. Yeah. Yeah. But it was re- a really good learning experience. We learned a, a lot, a lot from it. Coming out with a high, with a T for T training while we were learning language, it just we wanted to see so much happen. I think we just had too much expectation to see too much happen too quickly. And uh, I think what we would do different is just uh, as we trained, we would then have time, and if they're not willing to own it and lead it without us being there, we would just let that go mm-hmm. quicker. I, I think, think we're, we just, we're okay with failure a lot. Yeah, more. I mean, we've definitely just learned how to fail. <laughs> you know, like just being okay. It's gonna. We're gonna have things, and that's okay. Yeah, excellent. I think we didn't want to fail so much that we were trying to hold everything up. Yeah, well, and that yeah. was an eye-opening yeah. thing with with good. with Steve's. We were like, man, I look. I feel like I just keep. <laughs> dropping the ball here, Steve. I'm learning this and that. And he's like, Nick, your problem's not dropping the ball, it's holding the ball. And I was like, oh, 
I'm holding. Am I holding the ball? That'll preach. Well, just thinking like because they just didn't realize how powerful our influence was. That's and just, right. it had the facade of a lot more going on. People were encouraging us, wow, you've got this going on and that going on. And it was like, but it doesn't seem like we have much going on. And then we're trying to celebrate any little thing, but then trying to go back to, we want to train people who are training people. Yeah. We want to, you know, going back to that, but we were just were like, have we not modeled long enough? Did we model too much? Did we? And so we just yeah. were learning that. And so we would definitely, I think we would have given ourselves more time on the front end to actually learn hmm. before we were implementing so much. That's right. So Thailand so. is a what's called a patron-client culture. <laughs> and so they're looking for talented, energetic people, especially foreigners, who will do stuff for them. <laughs> and even if it undermines them to a degree, they'll honor you and give you so much face yeah. that things go squirrely, okay? And so as an outsider, you've got to be really cautious that you don't get pushed into that patron role, mm -hmm. and now you're suddenly doing all this stuff that you don't even believe in. And mm -hmm. it's, it's very awkward to, to then extract yourself out of it. And one thing I'm impressed with you guys is that you have the tenacity to recognize things and then make change and make change took many months, really, yeah. to gracefully work your way back out of that and say, okay, how can we start fresh? Mm -hmm. And so in this February this year, you guys took a survey trip through districts up in Northeast mm -hmm. Thailand where there are no known churches and possibly uh, even no Christians at all. Mm -hmm. And you were just asking the Lord, lead us, show us, is this a place for us? Are you opening a door for us. And I think through some amazing circumstances, you saw God open an opportunity for you in mm -hmm. Bunkan province. Mm -hmm. So could you just tell us kind of what happened in Bunkan during your scouting trip by which God made it clear you should move there? I mean, we, you know, we were just, we really were seeking God. We wanted to go to a place. I think one of the things we learned while we were in Chiang Mai is we're not built to be in a place where there's a, a high concentration of believers. We're more built apostolically. I think we just didn't thrive um, just here because it, we, we didn't fit. And um, so we were, this um, coming term that we'll come into, we were just like, oh, you know, do we go back to the south? Do we go to... You know, where do we go? Do we go to Isan? Um, um, and we're like, well, you know, we don't feel like God's speaking clearly about what we're supposed to do next. And we want to we wanna do what, you know, what God wants. And, and so we're like, well, we're just going to have to go there and <laughs> find out. And so we packed up our family and, you know, had a, there's a great resource in Thailand that has it, everything all mapped out, unreached, how many believers, how many churches. And so we just, um, it's a website. yeah, there's a website. And, um, so actually we have a friend who's a believer in one of the most unreached places in Thailand. So we kind of started out there, um, just meeting with people, trying to go out and meet new people, seeing if we could find people of peace, seeing if, you know, gauge the interest, try to have spiritual conversations with people, and um, there are a few places we really liked, but there wasn't like, you know, we were like, oh, we'll have to go to the south too, and kind of compare, see what feels right, and um, and then we were actually about to go home. We were at this other, there's like two kind of big clusters we were looking at of unreached, 
unreached like districts, districts areas and we looked at both we're like we like both we can move to both we feel like we have grace for both and um nick called a friend we were actually going to stop at his house on the way home he was like oh you know this one guy that we had worked at worked with actually in the south did you know he moved up to this one area in Bunkan and is working at a factory there and you know i was just talking to him last week and they're looking for people to partner with there's no missionaries there and they've got this group of business people who are interested they want you know help yeah so then he uh so we called him and we were two hours away and so we just said we'll see you tomorrow so we pulled in and uh, he had a boardroom full of people and said we've been praying and we're like uh cornelius crying out to your our peter saying what should we do and uh so they've been business guys that weren't working well through the traditional church it just wasn't a fit for them and so they had been leading people to faith in factories, but also with business people wanting to influence the government and business owners. And so we're kind of trying to try to say everything scary to them to see. Throw all the banana peels in the road. <laughs> like we believe in, you know, believers can baptize, believers can lead people to faith, not just elders or pastors. We believe, like, this is, we train this way. And yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, we have a vision to reach 5%. How, are we, how can we do that? So we just gave them vision, gave them a big vision, talked about obedience-based discipleship, and then we ended up modeling discovery and just saying, hey, I don't want to come in and lead this. You already are leading it, but I would coach and train you. Is that Would that work? Because I don't want to waste your time or my time. And they're all busy. So one guy has 200 people in a factory, another guy has 100. And so they were like, everything we were saying about leadership was making sense to them. They're like, yeah, it wouldn't make sense for you to come in and take over. It makes sense for you to, for us to empower more people. And so, so it seemed like a lot of God things were happening, but we were still skeptical <laughs> just because we we're like, we don't want to make something happen. So anyway, that's the longest. We went a few more times and did some training and asked if that's really what they wanted. And when you went back so, and did training, uh-huh. uh, something special kind of happened there. They were so keen for you to come. They paid your way to come. Yeah. Which is yeah. Which is you know part of that ownership piece. They're, yes. they're showing that was different for us. We that they <laughs> own this vision to reach five mm-hmm. percent of the population in Bunkan Province, yeah. uh-huh. and they need some help in process yeah. mm-hmm. in in uh, walking it out. Mm-hmm. And you were introducing some tools that say, hey, we can help you walk that yeah. out. Yeah, they I mean they paid for our tickets. They paid for our hotels. Like two rooms, one for us and one for our kids. And like they they went, they found a house for us. They paid the the what do you call it? The madam, the deposit. They put a deposit down on the house. They found a house for you. Great views. And so, in February, you make this great trip. You made it. That's right. And then in March of this year, you moved your whole family up there, which was pretty bold. Yeah. With four young ones. And so you've had now 12 weeks. You probably didn't even notice that, but you've been there for 12 weeks, and you're headed on a six-month home assignment, and then you're going to come back to Bunkan, carry on this work. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little what's happened in the 12 weeks that you've been there. Well, when we visited them and started doing training, they had about four meetings a week, and then now we have over 10, or 10 plus meetings a week. Now, so these are different groups. These are all this different groups. This is ten meetings of yeah. one group. There's a We're talking new discovery yeah. groups that have started. Yeah. 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 Some of them are discovery. Some of them are a hodgepodge of Different people everything. in this group, like, 
some people are more attached to the traditional ways. They've not quite yeah. come around, but then some groups are pure so discovery. when you say groups, let it just, it's a, like a couple of them are pure discovery, and then a couple are mixed. And so they've been taking like obedience-based stuff and, and, and running with that in their own way. And then, so it's kind of, when we say groups, we're saying groups because it's not churches, but it's not cell groups. We're still trying to, to figure that out. But, so they've grown, like, and now they have a few more places where they're trying to go as well, but now they're trying to get more of a system in place of how they're empowering and releasing people. So, uh, yeah, they, well, the other week there was 19 first-generation Buddhist background people baptized, and so they, there's more that profess faith, but, uh, so, so that's happened, and then, uh, they have a family they're starting to go visit in an unreached district of our province. They have identified like a key business family and they're visiting him, trying to get a discovery kind of thing going. And so they're targeting that, that area. And so they're trying to get, right now they're trying to get leaders in each area owning their own groups so they could start more groups. And so, uh, so is that? Yeah, that's excellent. Mm-hmm. What were you gonna say? Oh, I mean, and, and it just seems like there's so, like, and you know, we left and it's kind of this feeling of, this weird feeling of, okay, God, we trust you. And then this feeling of grief, like, there's so many things that we could be doing, you know, like, we don't want to leave right now. And, um, you know, having a good conversation with a pastor in another, like another, um, province, um, um, well, district, district. district. And, uh, you know, and he's, he's like, every time I pray for you guys, I just, I, I've seen you guys, what you do. I want to learn how you guys are doing it. And when you come back, please, Come, come here and help me. Like, um, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a couple people praying like at five in the morning, a couple times a week, and then they've got one church that drives an hour to get there to lead the prayer and worship time. So there's some neat prayer stuff going on that was happening before we got there, mm-hmm. and then they're just saying, "Hey, what you bring is a missing piece for us to actually break out of the traditional." They're not traditional, but then they weren't ready to go f- fully what we were talking about, and so. The last few months, it's been, you know, seven days a week. I mean, there's 10 meetings a week now, and it's, we're just trying to deconstruct, but add DNA and mentor a few people. So a few people that were new, I just said, give, give me the newest people that you, you're not as interested in, and I'll work with them. And so I worked with them a few, like three weeks, and then now they're leading more of a pure discovery thing. Because we've just discovered, like, or figured out, like, uh, we just don't want to fight. Like working, trying to partner with the believers, like sometimes they want us to do stuff, but then once we're in it training, they kind of want it, but they kind of don't. And so we're just like, okay, who's the most faithful? Who just wants to learn and go for it? And so we have a few of those guys that are, that are really moving forward. And then we're doing a lot of stuff on the app line, which is like WhatsApp or something. And so we're going to continue our meetings and debriefing and, and all that kind of stuff. So I identified a few guys that seem like that I could kind of try to mentor and pour into now, a lot of us have a concept or a strategy that we want to roll out in this context. And I know you guys do, too. Yeah. How is reality different from that concept in Northeast Thailand? Any thoughts on that? Uh, <laughs> a lot of us just well, say, well, it's messy or something. But yeah. can you kind of unpack, How is it messy? <laughs> you know, the reality of going in to work with the leadership that's that's driving this forward on the ground 
and the strategy of how you want to roll things out, how has reality differed from that hope for concept? Yeah. Um, ideally, we would have a leaders meeting where we can, you know, impart <laughs> something to them every week and kind of work, debrief things, how things are going and and give them, the, you know, the just-in-time training each week of what they need and they would do it exactly like we say. That's right. So every Monday morning you've got <laughs> exactly, the key. You know, There's like five families that are kind of the key leaders. <laughs> They're all going to show up at 8 to 10 and you're going to give them the great deal. And then next week we're going to tidy it up and give the next lesson. And they just they just do it. Yeah. But these five families are all business people and they're working very long hours. They're go-go, entrepreneurial, pioneering, yeah. gifted, highly gifted people. And so you can't just like blow the whistle and everyone shows up. So yep. that's one <laughs> difference. Well, any other kind of differences you're, you're noting? Mm. I think we're, we're, we're experimenting. I, I mean, I think, you know, like um, we're trying to do more of like a discovery slash DBS method because we don't, as far as like a single sit down, um, you know, share the gospel and they can respond in faith, understanding what they're responding to. We've not really found a way to do that. So as a short, of yet. short, yeah, a short, five minute yeah, that really addresses worldview in a way that they know what they're committing to. Um, so we've been, we've been working with, through DBS and trying to figure out, I mean, the Thai Bible, bless its heart. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, yeah. trying you've got, to... You've got terminology issues in the yeah. Thai Bible, yeah. just for you guys that are listening, that yeah. don't connect to a Buddhist worldview. Mm -hmm. All your basic core terms lead yeah. to confusion. Yeah. Even the simplest statement, God loves you. Um, is full of issues, okay? We're not going to bore you with the details, but so the Thai Bible itself and the terminology creates some confusions, mm -hmm. and so trying to deal with that. Yeah, so like yesterday I was doing a, a study actually with some girls that I'm working with, and we were going through John 6, you know, foundational um, passage for, you know, hearing the Word of God and uh, obeying, letting God speak to people, and they like with all the pronouns in the Thai Bible. They were just who is who is the T? I don't understand. Like I, we had to like back it up and explain, and they just weren't. It was it was really really difficult. So yeah. trying to figure out. Okay, so we have to have a, like a pre meeting with some people we're meeting with, have them read it lots of times, go over it, and orally is working well because we also we have groups of Thais, but then there's some groups of Lao people that come over and work in the factories. So the, the linguistic issues are, are you know, real. it's it, yeah, are real, yes. Yeah. Um, I think we just, it took us a while to figure out, okay, who's the implementer, uh -huh. who's the apostolic person, then who has the s status to pull the meetings off, and then how do they right. view us coming in, like the first 12, like just, Relational how dynamics. can we just set the meeting so it's like, we've, I've just had all these, we're having coffee and they're just blowing off steam and working and then all of a sudden teach me something and it's like so we're just trying to get them all together so we can do it once and they can do it that week just wasn't working so we're doing a lot of one-off meetings but then not some of the key players weren't in the room that are the ones setting the the stage it's like okay half the group's bought in and then someone stands up and wasn't in the training and then he just puts us going in a different direction 
And so, and then learning how to redirect <laughs> and not burn all the bridges, but then say, <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. So, so you've, got, you've got this social game yeah. going on that's really complicated. And as an outside foreigner, it's tough to decipher who's who. And, and I know sometimes, you know, this business guy say, hey, I'm driving out to this district to meet this guy. You got a minute. And then you drop everything, run, jump in yeah. the car. Uh-huh. And on the way during that hour, you've got this golden opportunity yeah, to introduce all, some yeah. of the paradigm and concepts. Yeah. And so it doesn't look like we're going to get together Monday morning and get yeah. everyone around the table and go through this systematically. It's just on the fly. And we got one thing here. And then we start into this point two, and then the meeting went, whoo. Mm-hmm. And, well, okay, well, we got that much. But then on Friday, the next week, well, we could pick up from that point. And mm-hmm. so it, it's almost like a, yeah. a computer disk that's been defragged all over the room, and you're trying <laughs> to order the pieces a little bit. Yeah. You're, like, defragging the confusion the whole time. Yeah. So I think we're learning, you know, the, the Deuteronomy 6 as you get up, as you lie down, as you go along the way. Like, learning really to really disciple people outside of meetings. I mean, I think um, as Westerners, we really want to do a lot in meetings, but realizing, no, hey, we can't have the meeting. No, <laughs> okay, we did we we're coming in. Yeah, so just trying to learn how to... Yeah, I think a big thing for us was how do we internalize the T for T kind of stuff? Like, it felt like we were just going through hundreds of people. Before we did the traditional thing for a hybrid model for a year, and we put a year time frame on it just to try something different as a filter. Like, like how do we, like, we want to mentor and, and disciple some people that are faithful, that are doing high-value things, but we were just going through so many people because going straight to the seven commands or going straight to like a China model of T for T just wasn't connecting well. And so we've kind of been influenced a lot with also Watson's things and doing a longer term, uh, you know, more the DMM model of things going, wow, this, this seems to connect better. Like we were seeing power stuff, miracles, people believe, get baptized, and then they wouldn't meet together. We weren't getting the family right. units and they weren't wanting to study. And then, so we could hold a lot of those meetings together, and it was exciting, but we weren't getting groups to start groups, right. and so we couldn't get them to commit to the way we tried storying. We, tr- we did ST for T, T for T, the straight DBS, we did an oral DBS, like we were just trying different things to try to see what connected with the people, and so I think going in this time, what we've done different is we're going slower, these seem like the right people, God has moved, we have a big pool of people that we're not putting all of our eggs in that basket, but we're training a few times and then backing off, doing something else and letting them call us back. And when they call us back, and then we can coach them in a group. And if they're not leading a group, we're learning how to spend our time better that way. Yeah. And doing it more at a life on life, trying to be versus do, and trying to model that to them to where we're not just recreating widgets in a multi-level marketing deal, but really getting the life of Jesus on the life. Like it just, Amen. we just, yeah. it, it, which is a real challenge for us. Like. Yeah, just as we're cranking good. through the T for T meetings, we did you know for years, just trying to get the life on life part was mm-hmm. challenging, and just them abiding in Jesus and celebrating the small victories. Yeah, that's and then right. without the expectation of going, you didn't share with five people, you didn't share with this, and and so I think with the ties, we're just trying to 
do enough to get put bait in front, see who's hungry, go fast that way, then slow way down, see who's going to do at least some kind of discovery stuff, who's obedience-based, who's moving forward with God, and then really invest in them in giving, helping them yeah. con- contextualize the format of church and the format of the thing. So, so you're, you're really learning how to fish in the local context. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. fishing, yeah. we know, from one place in the world is very, very different mm-hmm. the way it's done. Can I just clarify what you're saying is you've had a whole bunch of stuff that you can quite work. So you've gone back to a grassroots relational kind of scenario and that you're now looking for those people to work out how to gather. You're wanting their local people to work out how to gather church. Yes. Yeah, so they're gathering groups. So they were gathering groups. The 11 groups are ones that they've started. Okay. Yeah, they're they've all groups started that they started. We, we haven't, we haven't so had we, a hand in we, any of them, actually. Yeah, they were at four and they went up, but they kind of had, like... Yeah, so we it's it's we have a few families, and then they're business people, and then some of them are from there. Some of them are outside people, but have big networks of people from doing business. Because uh, they buy know, and free. sell rubber, so they have all these relational That's, contacts. Yeah. In. So so yeah, so we're like, what was hard other places? We've gone into a group where they're already doing all the there's, stuff there's that we've been trying to they're so hard to get people they, to do. They didn't have a way to have those become actual groups okay. and then train other people. Yeah. Or raise so, up leaders. Yeah, so starting with families and more solid people, when we would do a lot of the go out power evangelism, treasure hunting, looking for people of peace that way, a lot of people we met were random people not from here who had a lot of problems. Looking for community. Looking for community from a lot of different things. And so for them, we were prayed for it to be sponsored in and then they have all these networks and we're just saying, you tweak a few things and it can be church. And you tweak a few things, and you can not have to lead all, you know, all these groups, but you can help them start groups. And we'll just